Ladies and gentlemen, everybody in the universe, it is now time for the main event. It's the Cal and B Show. It's the Cal and B Show. That's right. That's right. Cal, ATL, Cal in Las Vegas, B. What up, B? You dig? Hey, man. Another week of conquering. Ooh. Beautiful weekend. How are you? What's been going on with you? Oh, man. You know, I'm trying to balance right now. The business is going well. We got a big, big meeting this week. We excited about that. Could be our first pilot. Mm-hmm. You know, we got some winners. They growing fast, and that's the that's the kind of ship you want to attach your sailboat to. <laughs> you feel me? That's the kind of ship you want to attach your, your barge to. My son, man. My son and my daughter. They've been doing good in sports, man. My son is doing track. Really? Yeah, yeah. He did a meet this week. Got second in the high jump, second in the hurdles, first time doing it. And uh, he's geeked up about next week, too. So they trying to get me to start a track club now. You know what I mean? They didn't came up with a name, a uniform style and everything. So, yeah, it's, it's good. That's perfect for you. That's perfect for you, man, because you all world. What? I'm sure, judging by how your son is doing, I mean, I've seen him hit that hurdle now. <laughs> I mean, he hit that hurdle. He went up above that. Like, he exploded over that. <laughs> Facebook again now. Wait a minute now. <laughs> see, see. Now, I'm just telling you. Man. I saw that on Facebook. I'm trying to break news. He's <laughs> breaking all the news over there. You know what I'm saying? But... <laughs> He had a little, he had a string or something. He had that John Wu string on him. <laughs> oh, my God. He pulled over them hurdles. <laughs> I said, my goodness, boy, that's the explosiveness. Hey, as you can tell, it's genetic, can't you? You can tell it's genetic. That's why. <laughs> I, I had to laugh, man. I had to smile, man. I said, oh, my God, he had to get that from Papa. <laughs> man. Oh, boy. Yeah, man. We proud of see See, the thing I'm struggling with now I'm having to adjust to is the balance because, you know, I'm coaching them and it, it's a commitment. It's a time commitment. And honestly, I wasn't really planning on doing this this year hmm. in the midst of leading a tech startup. So hmm. it's kind of diverted my focus a little bit away from my business. And now I'm having to come back and strike that balance because, you know, with a startup, you the CEO of your business. Right. The company's focus is your focus. So if you lose one notch of focus, the rest of the company loses five notches of focus. So, man, yeah, it's a balance. And when you're the leader, you're the CDO, you're the founder, your time is the most valuable asset in the whole company. For me, I'm struggling to strike that balance. I'm sure it's a pretty common thing. You know, you'll see it, too. What's up with you, though, man? What's new? What's happening? That's crazy. I constantly have to deal with that balance, man. Uh, mm. I think conversations with you just over the years, it's just been trying to get in a position where I could see the bigger picture of my own companies. I've always tried to, you know, had a heavy hand in my companies, leading by example, being one on the ground floor all the way up to, you know, the meetings and the planning and the strategy. And you know what? Now, really, since the last part of last year, I want to say the last three, four months since August of 2018, I've been really taking a whole nother notch, mm. finding other people through partnering up. Also through contracting out alcohol this past week has been a truly impactful week. Got 14 new independent contractors four in four new fields. Whoa. I'm excited about, you know, we got some DJs in home care workers. Whoa. We got electricians and we got beauticians. Wow. In addition, we had already on the roster IT guy who I trained up. We have seven general laborers, two welders. We got two mobile barbers. Yeah, dog has been has been crazy, um, and so that's another ticket for me to just first of all get people working. You know, there's a lot of people out here in Vegas that struggle to to get steady work. Uh. I'm definitely one to press upon them how to get work. That's really the main thing is I send them deals, send them clients in exchange for a cut. 
And obviously the cut is different from person to person. That's crazy. With this system, more and more it's going to be automated. Huh. It's kind of it's going to be like an Uber for independent contractors out here in Las Vegas. Hmm. Man, that's big, man. You know, B, you and I have been always talking. I'm going to have to call you Enterprise B from going forward. I think that's your new name, B. Enterprise B. Since I've been knowing you, man, you've always been a guy who can come up with an idea Thursday and be making money by Friday. it's like it's like i don't know how dang no that's cold though bro so you pretty much go you pretty much got it where anybody you meet walking down the street be like what do you need in this moment right now bam i got you where's the money (laughs) absolutely i'm trying to get to where that network is some tight and you know from out here in las vegas to phoenix to los angeles Um, shoot, try to get out there in ATL where you're at. <laughs> I think you always hinted to me that that's the really the, the real ticket to wealth. And I believe, I appreciate that. You know, it's always been the energy that I got from you. Yeah. Like you said, you always constantly have ideas in your head, but yeah. how do you get to push all the ideas out? And, you know, it's impossible to do it yourself. You got to have some help. And so just like we were kind of talking about last week was how do you fit people with talent? And, and it works for everybody involved. It works for all parties. What I do is I like to connect people. I like to connect people together, connect deals together. Right. Why not connect people to jobs, connect people to work, keep them working? That's what's up. You definitely must have an ear to the market. You know what I mean? As soon as you hear somebody itch, you come through with the scratcher <laughs> right away. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Did I hear an itch? Did I hear an itch? Here I come. Here I come. I'm on my way. <laughs> you know? You know? Nah, that's ill, man. I appreciate that, bro. I feed off that energy, dog. You know I got to. You know what I mean? The energy just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I can't wait to see what you're up to in 10, 15 years, man. I can't even. I can't. I can't. I can't imagine what you're going to be doing next week, let alone 15 years from now. I mean, it's just beyond me. <laughs> Hopefully tripling and, and quadrupling and up. Oh, oh, oh. Like I say, man, when you hit your first trill, don't forget about your day once. Okay. I was rocking with you when you were sleeping on your grandma's couch, dog. I was rocking with you. Remember that, okay? <laughs> with the plastic. With the plastic. Getting stuck to the plastic. Don't take my plastic off. <laughs> I keep, keep my couch clean. <laughs> it was a good sport yeah. in the summertime, sticking to that plastic, you know? Oh, man. Speaking of which, you know, we all hit high points. We all hit low points. I want to talk about my boy Tiger, man. Tiger Woods, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Tiger has been put through the ringer. You know what I'm saying? Tiger was easily the most dominant athlete in his sport at one point, right? Mm-hmm. And folks got folks got it used to that. Like, oh, man, we got Tiger. We ain't got to worry about it. We already know who to put our money on, <laughs> right? Demand. Yeah, demand. And then all of a sudden. Tiger started having problems on the golf course. He started having problems off the golf course. You know, we ain't going to talk about a woman on every continent, you know, and, and, and two on Antarctica, guys, you know. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> tell all the secrets. Yeah. So pretty much pre- people pretty much wrote him off. You know, back got hurt. He was having injuries. Right. Game just kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They talk bad about Tiger, dog. You know, you know it. You heard it. They talk bad about Tiger. But just this last weekend, this cat came back and won the Masters. And he's been winning a little bit more lately, but the Masters is, is huge, bro. Yeah. He came back and won the Masters, bro. That's a, that's an elite few, mm-hmm. especially after all he went through. And they're saying his comeback is on par with 
the greatest of athletes of all time, Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali, and all them guys. So he's placed himself amongst, he's already been up there, but he's placed himself amongst the uber, uber, uber elite with this one. Man, I mean, my, even Mike even said it. Even Mike even said that was the greatest comeback of all time. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to give it. You got to give it to Tiger, bro. <laughs> so, yeah, I just want to get your, your thoughts on that whole thing, man. The, the comeback story. Oh, Tiger, huh? Yeah, man, you got to love that. Um, never was, was a huge Tiger fan, mainly because I'm not really a fan of golf like that. But, you know, you, you've been getting me more into it, especially on the deal making tip. Mm. But with Tiger, it's great to see. I mean, when you could talk about Jack Nicholas and right. any of the other greats, he was on par, if not further along. And I think that slump, if you want to call it a slump, really hit him and it took him off track a little bit. Now, some may say he was, you know, a little big headed, you know, like people might get if you were dominating a little bit. And, you know, you start to wander off and do things off the field that perhaps you wasn't doing before be it focus or whatnot. But and I think after that, then he started to have these injuries and, and these back issues in particular. And I think that derailed from training to when he would actually get on and perform real time, he would tweak his back all the time. And, you know, you know, you have to have a perfect form when you're golfing. And so uh, he just went through a lot. You hate to see that, yeah. especially as has persevered to get to the point he got into. To see him come back like that, it's just great. It's great for the sport. It's incredible. Yeah, and I, and I think people that are fans of his had to get a huge kick out of it. I mean, everybody was talking about it. It was a talk of town. <laughs> talk of town. So many people wrote him off was, was, was incredible. Wrote him off. I think about that, right, because I'm, you know, like you said, I'm a former athlete. And every day it goes to my mind, I, maybe I can jump on that track again, you know, hit them hurdles one more last time. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I kind of want to see what I can do with a 400 to high jump, you know. I'm coaching my son, but at the same right. time, it's pulling me. It's calling my name, you know. It's like, ooh, I can do that, you know. Uh-huh. So that pool is always there, right? Okay, I'm transitioning from athlete to coach. I've never coached a sport like this. Player coach a little bit, you know, with basketball, you know, league teams and stuff. Yeah. But now I'm I'm really trying to embrace the role of coach for my son and my daughter's thinking about engaging too, right? So I coach him often on what it takes to be great, you know, and I, and I really enjoy coaching him because I'm teaching him how to be a man and how to accomplish things in this world, right? Because right. that's a big part of becoming a great athlete. It's a competitive sport. Business is competitive. Life is competitive, right? And sometimes kids don't have a good sight of that. And me teaching him how to be great, the biggest lesson that I'm really trying to impart on him is you win in practice mm. you win in practice the meat the meat is just where you check the score right mm -hmm. the game is happening every day during practice so if you focus if you go hard in practice winning is easy you know what i mean like i tell him train hard win easy that's what i always tell him mm. i look at a guy like tiger having the baggage he's carrying and then staging a comeback like he's done, is doing, probably ain't done yet. I got to imagine that his level of focus and desire to win, going hard in practice is pretty, is, is something remarkable to see. It's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be intense. It's got to be elite. It's got to be. I mean, if you be elite, like you just said, you got to have elite practice. Yeah. You know, you got to put it all together. You got to have your mind right. I think mental wherewithal, being able to, 
hold all of that in sight and focus, be disciplined, is yeah. is paramount. Right. And in the world is full of distractions. The world is full of distractions everywhere you look, especially today's world, the information age. It's even worse than before, I think. Mm-hmm. The world is full of distractions and those distractions will take you off your plan. They'll take you off your ambition. And for a guy like Tiger to come through, block all that out, block out what everybody's saying and focus on what he got to do and then go out and do it with excellence and then demonstrate it on the field. (laughs) Yeah. You got to give him a lot of credit for that. And that's, you know, I think that's a big business skill as well for anybody in business. I mean, you're going to go through those slumps. You're going to feel like it's over. Talk about discipline and focus. Okay. Right. When you're on the field and you're on the course and you see about 10 Swedish women, (laughs) Hey, the focus and discipline is, is, is top notch. Let me just say this. Ooh, <laughs> Swedish. <laughs> Why do you say Swedish? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you know, you know, these women, man, they do a lot to be distracting. <laughs> they do a lot from head to toe. You know, the hair got to be silky, the eyes, the lips, you know, the, 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 the outfits. This is true. They do all that with the sole intent to distract you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And get you to behave in a certain way. Well, you know, I can't say men are innocent from that, too. I mean, they men do things, too, right or wrong. It happens. But, yeah, man, I guess the point of today's conversation is with that level of discipline and focus and concentration. So I, I do want to talk to you about that on a business tip, too, though, right? So, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're a guy who's got a lot of balls in the air, right? You know, there's a lot of moving pieces. You got to keep the good ones in the air and sometimes you got to move the bad ones out and focus on what's working and, you know, shave us what's not working. How do you manage through those moments where you feel like you've hit the pit of despair and it's not working out? How do you climb out of that kind of situation? How do you stage your comeback in business? That's a good question. For me, it's just really staying even kill. Uh, My mindset is even kill. I don't get too high. I don't get too low. And I think as cliche as that sounds, that keeps me stable, keeps me to the point where I could be ready for when opportunity strikes or be ready to strike when opportunity comes, mm. when it presents itself. With that is being humble, you know, staying a believer right. in the midst of it. Um, my favorite saying is you live until you die. Mm. So every loss, there's another day, there's another game to win, right? I'm healthy. I'm able. I'm able-minded. I'm physically able. I got a roof over my head, right? And, you know, I like to build, you know, there's a snowball effect with what I build. I get a lot of people saying, hey, you do a lot of stuff. You, you know, you into this, you into that. You know, one week is this, one week is that. And it's like, actually, I still have the businesses that I've had and I mentioned before. It's just that I've continued to build. And just like you were saying is that there's a certain focus that I allocate to whatever impactful business that I got going for. So, you know, like for example, with Bargain Sync, Bargain Sync, I don't have to really put time on other than maybe 10 hours a week at the most. If there's any transitional period, it's pretty much a passive income. And so when you're looking at, let's say when I started to build Falcon Hall, Bargain Sync was already done. It was up, it was ready. Any phone calls, any any business that is afforded, we can handle that, right? And so once that's up, we don't have to worry about it. All we do is we answer whenever clients call, you know, make it to where people can contact us and send us business and add on to that clientele, the more the merrier. Now, I've been an entrepreneur since, in one way or another, since I was 18. 
And I think with, with each up and down, I try to arm myself going forward. With even more opportunities, we need more tools, we need more resources, we need even more partners. There was a time where I had to advertise a lot just to get clientele. Now I don't have to advertise. You know, I can go right to my network. B, B, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Keep it real. How many revenue streams do you have right now? Seven from supplemental. Seven revenue streams. From supplemental to full-time income, absolutely. And probably got 10 more in development. <laughs> How many of them are completely residual right now? Four of them. Dang. Four is all residual. Meaning the only work you have to do is check the bank account once in a while. That's it. That's it. Go on, go on PayPal. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Cold. So are you at a place where you could live, you know, and sustain a quality of life off purely residual income? Yes, sir. Dang. That's a key point, right? Because that, that buffers you from the ebbs and flows that come with running a business, right? Because if you just have one business and you have a bad week, you could really fall into the pit of despair and be like, oh. <laughs> the pit of despair. Yeah, <laughs> for real. You, you can fall deep, but when you got that that residual buffer in place, which I know you've committed, you've invested a long time to really build and grow and sustain and all that. If you got that in place, then you know the ebbs ain't so ebb, but the flows ain't so flow. You know, it's 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 pretty steady, and it probably helps normalize you as a person too, right? Absolutely. I think that my toughest period in business was back in two thousand six, two thousand seven. And I think that's when I had the revamp, you know, when I went from uh, mm. primarily being a party promoter back then, then I had to realize, you know what, let me start to get into other businesses, other types of businesses. Let me diversify my portfolio. The first time I really had a, a tough time, I could really feel it. And, you know, my girl had to step up. It was great because that allowed me to, to invest the time and put all money into it. And so I think from there, what I thought about was, you know what, why continue to do the same thing and work just one business? Mm. And I think with learning analytics too, that helped me out with, with that mindset too. create businesses that would give me at least a supplemental income and start there. And then if I could build multiple streams of income and make $500 a month, $1,000 a month, $2,000 a month on diverse income streams, then we could stack those. And then as we go forward, we could put the money-making items with the money-making items. And then we could do passion items with the passion items. Yeah. You know, always keep things developing, you know, because you never know when things dry up. Right. You know, I've, I've had businesses work really well for five years and then dry up. Right, right. And, you know, you could either pivot, like we always talk about, you could either pivot, pivot in that same business, or you could say, you know what, it's not worth pivoting or it's going to take too much energy to do this, or I have a partner that doesn't want to pivot, let me go ahead and move this, move this way. And so that's kind of how I've moved. Mm. Yeah, man. So yeah, on, on the topic, though, of comebacks, right? Because it's inevitable for most business people. And I, you know, I, I know you experience this to some degree, too, that you will have high points and low points. And sometimes the low points get too low. <laughs> the question is, you know, how do you come back from that, right? And you know, my spirit, my experience on that is obviously entrepreneurs are generally confident people. <laughs> you don't see insecure people <laughs> going into entrepreneurship as much and did uh, doing well at it to begin with. Um, but, you know, of course, it can happen. Right. It's, it's it's the exception, not the rule. The rule gen is generally entrepreneurs are confident people. Now, on top of that, 
you got to really believe in what you're doing at a high level, right? And if you believe in what you're doing, you're going to need that belief and that confidence to combine and, and create the elixir to carry you through the, the low points, mm-hmm. the real low point, even when it get real low, right? And this is the thing I try to follow. And this is the thing I coach people to follow is mm-hmm. don't pay as much attention to what you feel, but pay attention to what you do. Mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised to find out that the way you feel follows what you do. Mm, wow. That's powerful. So if you make bad decisions and you don't do what you're supposed to do, it won't be long before you don't feel good. So, yeah, people think it's the the current situation that made them feel the way they feel. But I think, you know, almost always, if you trace the steps back, you'll find many, many cases where you might find yourself not feeling well. Mm-hmm. And then when you do the root cause analysis, you'll find many cases where you didn't do the right thing leading into that situation. That's it. You didn't do even what you knew you were supposed to do. You you got lazy. You got complacent. You got distracted. You got unfocused. <laughs> and then it unfolded into you not feeling good about the situation. And then people will usually blame that feeling on why they didn't do the next the next right thing. They will say, well, I didn't feel like it. Well, the reason you didn't feel like it is because you probably set yourself up to be in a bad mood or feel badly, <laughs> you know, in, in the previous weeks or whatever, month or whatever. I was about to say, how do you do that? Because you definitely have a full plate. Well, it comes down to good management. Good management should make, the, make sure the right things are being done at the right time, right? To do that for me, I set weekly quotas. I was supposed to do... You know, one video every two weeks, one 30 minute video every two weeks. And then I break that down into smaller videos and publish those. Mm-hmm. I suppose to do at least a podcast for my business every two weeks. You know, and I alternate between the video and the podcast on releasing that content and promoting that content. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm supposed to talk to so many customers every day. Right. And really, that number for me is between 15 and 20. If I can get 20 people on the phone every day, that's a successful day. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to talk to my team, everybody on my team, at least once a week, sometimes more depending on the the situation, but at least once a week, I should, if you're on my team, you should hear from me at least once a week. If, uh, you know, in some cases we should be talking frequently throughout the week, depending on what's going on. I plan my work early on in the week and say, these are my big three that I need to accomplish. In addition to all my recurring work, these are my big three. So I kind of lay all that stuff out. And then go execute that. Now, the times where I feel down, where I like start to feel like I'm dipping into that pit of despair, like I, you know, when I'm in a position where I need the stage to come back, I can usually trace back the previous week or previous two weeks where I didn't deliver on those key things. And then they create a situation where I have meetings where I fail, right? I don't get the outcome that I wanted. I have presentations don't that don't go the way I want them to go. Like when I fail to execute up to the situation and the situation doesn't come out the way I want it to, <laughs> that's, I could usually trace it back to, to failures off the field. You know what I mean? My failures on the field are usually can be traced back to failures off the field. Yeah. Cause I want to say what, what happens when you, you just didn't get the results you wanted. You did what you could have done as far as for preparation, but it just didn't work out. It feels horrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, you feel hard, but you also got to trust the process. And no process is 100%. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Usually, when I had those failures, they're not catastrophic failures. You know, I was going for a big number, but I got a pretty medium sized, you know, medium large number, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's usually how it works. I usually don't just fail outright. But when I do fail, you know, I always go back, diagnose the situation and say, all right, what could I have done to avoid this and make sure let's put those protocols in place in the future and make sure we're much more prepared next time. Because I'm like John Wooder, you know, he's the coach of uh, UCLA. Winning is coach in college basketball history, possibly sports history. He said, you know, games are won in practice. What happens in the game is a reflection of your preparation prior to the game. I approach business the same way. I'm an over-preparer. I over-prepare. I'd rather be over-prepared than under-prepared. Really? Under-prepared typically always ends up <laughs> badly. So Yes, sir. Yeah. Crash and burn. You know? Crash and burn. First, how do you diagnose when things just aren't going well for you? And then what do you do to pull yourself out of that? Well, I think it's a couple of things. I mean, you know, the obvious thing is the results aren't there for me. You know, if the results aren't hidden there, then, of course, we're going to have to make some adjustments. Typically, I try to come up with a number that a short term number that I know I can hit. And then beyond that, let's let's take a number higher so that we have a number to shoot for. So I'd say kind of like what you're talking about. My thing is conversion rate. So, you know, if I if I if I reach 100 people today, I got at least have a 20, 30 percent clip up behind that. Now, obviously, that number for me is what I might look at is what is maybe an industry wide or maybe people that I know or companies that I have identified and their success in the industry. I would say, okay, this is the number to hit. Now, if I'm not hitting nowhere near that number or if I don't if I'm not getting the people in order to to get the conversion rate that I like that I'm shooting for, we have a problem. Right. And so there's many there's many different indicators as to what do I need to pivot? Is it? The reviews from the products or, or or the services that we are providing are they subpar? You know the retention rate is that subpar? Mm. You know as far as our customers, or my independent contractors, or my employees, or my partners, what's their feedback? You know I want to make sure that their job is as easy as possible, and it's as seamless as possible, and it's something that makes sense. You know if my feedback from them is let's just cut this corner or let's make sure that this is done right. Then we always, you know, try to stay at the forefront of that. Beyond that, if we're hitting our numbers, now it's, time, it's, it's about growth, right? It's about, okay, how do we take this to another level? How can we increase our reach? How can we increase our exposure? Can increase our market share? And then, you know, if, if we're seeing our market share decrease, we got to figure out what it is. Is it more, more people, more competitors? Or is it something that we're losing our customer base for? And so, you know, this is an ongoing evaluation that every day you realize that, hey, this is what I got to do. These are the numbers I need to hit in order to have a successful company. If I'm going to expand, I need to hit these numbers and so on and so forth. And I think that's part of it too is where where are you at, right, in the strategy? You know, if you're just a startup, you got numbers, it's pretty static because you're probably not hitting those numbers for a while. But I think once you hit those numbers, now where are you at in your strategy as far as, hey, are you are you growing? Are you trying to expand? What do you need to do to do that? And I think sometimes the numbers aren't right. even quantifiable at a certain period of time. You might need to make a move. And if you're not making that move on the chessboard, or if you don't even see that move two or three pieces down the road, or two or three moves down the road, it kind of it, it seems disappointing, right? When you have a certain plan in place, but it's not getting you there. Yeah, man, that's cold, man. Man, it's, you know, it's always great to hear your point of view, bro. You are a unique thinker. Oh, man, I appreciate it. <laughs> if I ain't never said that about you before, I'm going to say it now. 
I could see you having being the CEO of the next Coke Brothers Industries. <laughs> Warren Buffett. <laughs> I appreciate that. My God, they're kind of listening. Like, yeah, right. Come on now. I'm gonna be looking through the S and P 500. Like, who is Enterprise B? Where did they come from? <laughs> Enterprise B on the Wall Street stock market. I swear, you heard it first. You better, you better coin that, bro. You better coin that before I get the trademark in it. Oh man. <laughs> The cat who brought you oysters, hair clippers. <laughs> Thumbtacks. <laughs> and do-it-yourself oil changes. Oh, no. Do-it-yourself oil changes. My God. Hey, man, we, we passed our mark, man. We passed our 30-minute mark, bro. We got to close out. But, yo, man, it's always an honor and a pleasure catching up with you, B. Getting your thoughts on things. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, this is Cal and B. We're trying to inspire entrepreneurship, maybe help you through some things that uh, either you have or have not seen yet that you will be dealing with or have been dealing with. Stay tuned for next week. It's going to be another banger. You know, B, I'll let you say the magic words as we always do about this time. About this time, about this time. I feel about right. Uh, this is a great Tell you, this is a great show. I'm always looking forward to this, man. Likewise. As we always have to do, we got to put it to bed. And we're going to have to see y'all next week. See y'all next week. You know, keep that same energy. But for now, we out. We out.